I want animals to like me. <laughs> Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a passion for animal conservation. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, and conservation organizations. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, anyone who can help me in my mission of connecting my people to animals through their people. Join me on my raw safari. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the podcast where school's in session again, the Rasafari Podcast. Woo, my voice just cracked like I'm in high school. Uh, apparently, we're, we're having some second puberty going on over here. I apologize for that. But uh, in fact, we are not in high school today. We are in college. Moorpark College out in California, home of America's Teaching Zoo. Now, if you are not caught up on the podcast, first of all, shame on you. Get your crap together. But second of all, last week you heard from Mara Rodriguez, who works at America's Teaching Zoo. And I promised you at the end of that episode that this week you were going to hear from not one, not two, but three students who are currently learning at America's Teaching Zoo. Though, as you will hear in the interview, sometimes it seems a little bit more like doing a job than taking school classes. But, um, hey, hands-on experience is the best kind of experience. Uh, unless you're a uh, soccer player, of course. Then um, hands-on experience is actually the worst kind of experience to have. No! Oh, but Ren, I thought you would like that joke since you actually play soccer. No! Okay, okay, jeez. Anyway, anyway, enough with the stupidity. Well, that's never true when it's me and I'm talking on the podcast, but enough with the goofiness. Um, some quick housekeeping before we get to all of this, and, and then I'll explain what exactly we're doing here. Um, don't forget to follow at Rossafari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Rossafari Pod on TikTok. And uh, go to the website, rossafari.com. And of course, if you want to support our Patreon, um, that's, that's how you give me a little money for doing this show and, and help me defray some of my costs, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash rossafari. Uh, patrons this week got a brand new, very exciting full episode for the first time ever. I was able to do a full patron exclusive episode. So if you sign up for as little as $3 a month, there's all kinds of cool stuff happening over there, including now at least one and maybe more will be coming. Who knows? My voice is getting high, so that means it probably will. Uh, patron exclusive episodes. <laughs> Told you that I was not done with the silliness. Anyway, here's an ad. Today's episode is brought to you by Daydreamer Studios. Do you have stories and expertise to share with the world? Have you ever thought about starting your own podcasts? There's no better time to start than now with the help of a trusted production partner. Daydreamer Studios is a full-service production company that takes all the stress off your plate. You can focus on creating engaging content while they focus on recording, editing, audio engineering, hosting, and publishing on 22 platforms. Log into the advanced remote system with one click and the Daydreamer team will be on the other end ready for you to record everything you have to say. Owned and operated by Daydreamer Network, Daydreamer Studios continues on the company's mission to empower storytellers of all kinds by making podcasting accessible to all. For more information and current promotions, visit daydreamernetwork.com slash studios. 
All right. So today I am bringing you what I like to call Minterviews. That's that's short for mini interviews in case you couldn't figure that out. Um, And there are going to be three of them from uh, different students at the school. They are all in their second year. They are all actively keeping at the zoo and are also interested in the PR side of things, which is pretty cool. Um, you'll get to finally hear a little bit of the the story that was teased last week about a student maybe kind of embarrassing themselves, although I think there's no reason to be embarrassed. And um, yeah, I think it's kind of fun. You'll get three very different interviews with three very different people going through the same uh, program right now and learning the same stuff. So you're going to hear from Charlie Burke, you're going to hear from Jacob Betancourt, and you're going to hear from Roxy Shekarabi. And boy, I hope I'm saying that right because she only said her first name on the episode. So I, I think I got it right though. Um, and yeah, you're going to get all of them and you're going to get three poop stories. Don't worry, you'll only hear the full song once because I know even hearing it once a week, that thing is living rent free in your head. And also on a kind of side note, um, I've had a lot of people ask me recently kind of how I approach interviews and and what my approach is and that they enjoy how I interview or whatever, which, you know, for those who said that, thank you. Um, I like to keep it very conversational. I don't prep going in. As a matter of fact, great story about this day. We were not necessarily planning on doing student interviews. They were sitting in as I interviewed Mara, and then we kind of got to talking, and I had my setup up, and I was like, oh, we could we could do a, the second episode. I could talk to y'all, and they were down. So this is as spontaneous as it gets, and that's that's what I like to do. I like to let the person kind of dictate how the interview is going to go. And um, if you're into studying that kind of thing at all or listening to that kind of thing, you're going to hear three very different interviews uh, that go in very different directions because they're conversations and that's what conversations are. And speaking of conversations, I have soliloquized enough and we need to get to those conversations. So without further ado, here is my interview with three students from America's Teaching Zoo. Enjoy. All right. So tell me who you are and uh, what you are here. <laughs> um, my name is Charlie Burke, and I am from Mullingar, Ireland. And I am a second year student here at America's Teaching Zoo. I'm not saying that I wanted to talk to you because of the accent. <laughs> But it didn't hurt your chances of getting on the pod, I'm just saying. Um, so that sounds like an interesting story. What what brought you from Ireland to Moore Park? Well, um, between a mixture of growing up, you know, good old Ireland fields of <laughs> fields, I grew up with horses, cows, sheep, you name it, um, but grew up between Ireland and California. When I started looking into university, I attended UC Davis. I was there for a number of years and after graduation was having, you know, looking for jobs, different work, continued work in the horse field, which brought me home to Ireland, which of course is when COVID hit and I ended up magically getting accepted to Moorpark College. (laughs) (laughs) So then I had the decision to make of staying in Ireland and continuing work as, and I, I adored my job or going back to California and seeing what if. 
So I had always wanted to work in the wild wildlife industry. I at Davis, I had created my own major of cognition and behavior of wildlife. Ooh, that's fascinating. It was very fun. Talk to me about that a little <laughs> bit. That's I'm very into all of that stuff. It stuff. was it was kind of a combination of everything. It was growing up, everybody was like, "Oh, you like animals? You must want to be a vet." It's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I want the animals to like me. <laughs> I know some vets are going to be pretty pissed that you yeah. said that. But, Don't you know. get me wrong. There, there is that one animal that comes in that is so excited to see the vet. That's not always a common thing. True. Um, so don't get me wrong. And I love the medical aspect of it. Um, but I was curious if there was something more. And so for me, it was taking that next step of the cognition and the behavior. Um, had amazing professors that worked with me at Davis that were willing to kind of let me pick and choose different classes and different books and different things to kind of study and create something. Um, and it was fabulous. It was, it was absolutely wonderful. And every summer I traveled different places and met different people and different animals and things like that. So it just kind of blossomed into something I didn't really expect. Um, but afterwards it was kind of a question of how do I get started? I, I love the animal. I love the animal saying of you need experience to get experience. Yes. So where do you get the experience? <laughs> All of my experience had been with domestics. And so Moore Park was my step in the door to get that experience and meet the people that would hopefully help me get that going. Awesome. So what, um, what has it been like being here? <laughs> uh, are, first of all, are you able to apply the behavior and cognition stuff that you've learned? Oh, yeah. Here? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, more for my own scientific matters um, and enjoyment of it, I guess. Um, but it's been it's been wonderful. I, I know coming in right away, I was like, I have a bit of hoofstock experience. So, you know, I'd like to try something different. But on top of that, it was... Okay, I've worked with chickens. I'm not very interested in in other in other birds very much, and primates have absolutely harassed me anywhere <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I still clearly remember baboons ripping through a hole in the roof, and I said bye bye, oh, no. <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> so wasn't very, you know, wasn't like oh my gosh, primates. But I have come in and two animals in particular that have completely changed my mind was Nayani, the Hamadryas baboon, who I am now a trainer on. Amazing. And I adore working with her. And Puppy, a turkey vulture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to Puppy. But um, so, so tell me about the, the baboon and, and your experience and what that's been like. Um, she has, <laughs> so I got assigned to her for special caretaking. So coming in as a first year, you can sign up for particular animals that need a little bit more attention. Uh, so you stay with them your whole first year. Um, and so I got, I chose for staff to choose which animal I would get. They chose Nayani. <laughs> and I laugh about it now because I was like, why did I even allow them to, <laughs> to put me on for her? And it has been an amazing, amazing opportunity. Um, she's not the type of monkey where you come in and it's like, oh, we get a groom and cuddle and it's going to be all rainbows and butterflies. It was, I'm going to toss some food at you from afar and hopefully eventually you'll, <laughs> you'll like me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, but she's intelligent. She is so, so smart. Uh, that's been one of the most 
difficult things is coming up with new things to work with her. So as Mara talked about, Naomi's been here a while and her book of behaviors that she knows, and I call it a book because it is a ton of behaviors that she knows. And so for me, learning to work with her, it was wonderful that she already had this training so that it was me who learned to work with a primate, learning body language and just communication and then building up that relationship and how much time committed to her to now I have an amazing relationship with her and I can work with her all day, every day. That's so cool. <laughs> um, and now... Puppy? Puppy. <laughs> okay, so you know what the first question is. Why puppy? Why puppy? The name or oh, why? Oh, yes. No, it? obviously the, <laughs> the name. name. <laughs> you know, that's actually a question more for Mara, but I believe it was because he followed people around like a puppy. Yeah, that's that's where it that's, came from. All right, that works. Now, whether like it was that. to bite them or because he liked them, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. Never know. Um, cool. So tell me about Puppy. Uh, Puppy is, well, he's he has been here a long time. He is almost 47 years old. He's been here since he was one, I believe. So the very unique thing about him is that he has his own special group of alumni. I meet people all over, and when I say I'm a puppy trainer, they're like, oh my gosh, you're on puppy? I was on puppy? Like, Rick Schwartz, uh, oh, our nice. staff members here, Chris, okay. Shelly, like, he's been here, and people know what it's like to have been working with him. Um, so it's a really, really unique thing to come across people who have their own unique connection on top of not only being from Edom, but you are a puppy trainer. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> also, do you ever say I'm a puppy trainer and then people are very confused by what you mean? Sometimes. <laughs> if they don't know, yes. It always looks funny when I say I'm taking puppy out or I'm walking puppy or something. <laughs> Not what they expect. <laughs> yeah, no, I would, I would assume not. That's, that's pretty awesome. What kind of behaviors do you do with puppies? Um, not too much at the moment, more so just relationship building. He does have behaviors. He he is manned. He, we do fly. We go out and about. Um, but mainly it's building that relationship, is being able to hang out with him and and have him just enjoy being around him. Right. A lot of working with him is... <laughs> working your way through the bites and the different things to build a relationship of a mutual respect and eventually enjoyment, <laughs> hopefully. Makes sense. Have you tried dancing around? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll work next time if I put some rats or something around. <laughs> Very cool. So you have this, um, this, I almost said made up degree and I don't mean it that way. That sounds horrible, but this created unique, wonderful degree and you, you go and you get some, some, you know, work experience and now you're back in school. Was mm -hmm. that a hard choice to make? Absolutely. And how, 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 how do you feel about that? Um, I think it was the right decision for me at the time. It gave, it was at a convenient time during COVID where if I went back to school, it would give the world two years to figure out what it was doing. So, Which we did not, but, you know, good no. try, good try. <laughs> but it gave me those two years as well to find out more so of where I wanted to go. Right. And Edom, the beautiful part as well is opening your eyes to how, in one, one way, yes, it's a small world of animals, but in another way, 
it's huge. There's so many different types of jobs you can do with animals. And even after graduating Edom, if you decide not to do animal work, it's, but what's training children or different things if you've trained a tiger? <laughs> so it just happened to be what worked out well for me and my timing. That's awesome. I love that. And um, so then with, with all of this stuff that you've got going on in your world travels and all the <laughs> coolness, um, what's the plan after Edom? A job. <laughs> and in a, jo- <laughs> a job in what? I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking big dreams. You're thinking capitalism. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Um, it's, but it's, you know, it's the truth of how, where do I go from here? I, I don't know. And so the beauty is, is I'm open to anything. I'm, we have projects coming up, which means we get the opportunity to basically shadow in different facilities and see if this is potentially something we would like to do. Uh, since being here, I have really, really grown to admire the education department of more so in zoos and facilities and things like that. I think Mara put it one way when she said she was a people person who loved animals instead of just an animal person. And I think that's a beautiful talent, especially in this industry, to bring together people and animals. Because at the end of the day, we need people. Um, so that's definitely where I have really, really liked kind of going with this. I've, I've enjoyed the presentations and working with public and making those memorable moments to be able to introduce people to some of the most amazing animals you'll ever see. Very cool. Um, (laughs) yeah, sounds like education. I mean, not to put you in a (laughs) bubble, but it does sound like that is, that is what all all of my, my friends now that are, are, you know, education keepers or whatever, Mm. that's exactly what they're doing. So yeah. Well, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. And then I work with other animals. You met, uh, Rupee, the Indian crested porcupine. Um, so I'm also a trainer on Ranger, a seven year old male coyote. Nice. And he is amazing. And he teaches me so much every day. But on the aspect of education, when people meet him, because of the fact he's a local animal, people have seen coyotes, usually have bad experiences with coyotes. They already have a preconceived idea of, bad coyotes. Um, so the unique part about working with him is how do I change your mind? How do I work with, with people and educate them in a different light on this animal and having an animal, uh, like Ranger who can be an ambassador. So you can see him up close. You can see how smart he is, how wonderful he is. And that the reason we generally don't like them is because they're good at their job. Right. Right. So he's, he's definitely been the one that has taught me the most on how to work with people on changing their mind. Nice. Very Mm -hmm. cool. Um, Do you have a conservation organization you'd like to give a shout out to? There are so many. I know Mara already mentioned the Butterfly Project, which is amazing. But I have a special place for African wild uh, dogs, African painted dogs. So the one that I definitely follow all the time is the African Painted Dog Organization. Yeah, I think they do wonderful work. They've been uh, doing a lot of studies on them and... Uh, radio callers and different things like that, but they get involved with a lot of a lot of different projects. So they're definitely one that I watch. <laughs> Very cool. And how about a poop story? Poop story. The poop story. Poop story. So this one, <laughs> we've talked about carnivores and carnivores' special smell that they seem to carry <laughs> around. Um, but my other carnivore people in here would also relate to this is that we have a large pool, a very large pool that we go, that goes in the play yard. 
And the tigers in particular love to poop in the pool, potentially pee in the pool on top of that. And <laughs> they adore it. It makes <laughs> it, it makes our job very interesting, especially on the aspect that the way we remove the water is by a pump. Ah. Yes. So for the most part, it does the job quite well. But we had a pump that in particular, the hose didn't always screw on quite right. <laughs> so <laughs> this was one of those moments where we had it set up. It was draining. And I went in to maneuver it a little bit, see if it could suck up a little bit more water. And I knocked off the hose. <laughs> but the pump continued pumping water. <laughs> that shot it up like a fire hydrant and shooting it so far up into the air, <laughs> drenching me completely. <laughs> and I'm watching everybody else just back away. <laughs> no one, you know, stepped up to unplug it or anything to actually stop the pump, but everybody thought it was rather entertaining how much it was just going up and drenching me. Luckily it was PM area which means it was the end of the day, so I didn't have to smell like that all day. So that was definitely, that was one of those moments I appreciated how much the Tigers love that pool. And yeah. Yeah, impressive. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> yes, of course. Thank you. All right. So who are you and, and what do you do here? Uh, I'm Jacob. I am a second year at America's Teaching Zoo, just like Charlie. So um, we're the students that actually take care of the animals and partake in training. Love it. Uh, what was your journey to here like? Tell me about getting here. Um, so I'm from San Diego, and if you know anything about San Diego, it's home to the world-famous San Diego Zoo. Of which I am a member, and they will be on the podcast later. Yes, uh, and San Diego Zoo Safari Park, obviously. Yes. And I just remember always going there and seeing all the animals and thinking, wow, That'd be really cool if I was a zookeeper. <laughs> and I actually found out about Moore Park and the Edom program through the San Diego Zoo's webpage, nice. through their career page. Okay. And so after looking at which classes I needed to take in order to apply, I uh, sent in my application, uh, did all the prereqs at um, community college, and luckily I was accepted. Nice. Very cool. So what are classes like? Like, I, I know I joked a little bit in the last uh, episode, but, like, do you take Lion 101? Is there, like, poop shoveling 202? Like, how does uh, this work? Well, there are, are academic classes. Those Sometimes those can be really rough because, um, you know, it's animals are so complicated in ways that you would never imagine in behaviors and training and just how many animals there are in the so world. So many animals. So... But with the professors and with the students that you see every single day, your peers, like, you make the most out of it. And so it's really interesting. All the classes here are unique. Um, and it's really interesting because the way that they're taught, because we have classes in actual classrooms and then classes on the zoo, our area classes, which uh, takes care of cleaning the animals, we learn how to properly clean. Right, there right. are there are ways to shovel up poop better than others and ways to spray the hose. So it is interesting the contrast of like schoolwork and then zoo work. Yeah, that's really interesting. So when you're in a classroom, tell me what like or is it like I don't know, a normal are there like pictures of tigers up on the wall and they're like, "All right, so this is the tiger's legs." Like, seriously, I'm really curious what a zoo class is like. 
Um, so, well, we have specific classes. Like one of the big classes is our diversity class, where you have to you you have to learn all the different types of animals, like different species, what families they belong with. And our professor, Gary Wilson, he really helps us in memorizing this stuff so that we can really relate it to training. So like a specific species is going to act different than another type of species, like two different bird species. Um, but there are lots of pictures of animals <laughs> and those help you keep focused because you're talking about all this stuff. And it's like, can I just see what the animal looks like? So those are the really cool parts where it's like, oh, that's awesome. I want to do that. Nice. That's really cool. What uh, what animals are you working with right now? Um, I'm working with a whole bunch. I'm currently a trainer on our tigers, Neil and Karma. Um, we're practicing some behaviors. We're actually practicing their crating behaviors to move them to their new enclosure. Nice. Um, that'll be opening up. Hopefully later this year. Oh, that's exciting. Um, so what do you do to, to tra- train tigers? So they have the big play yard in the back of the area that we can put their crate in. And so it's just reps practicing um, getting them into the crate, practice getting comfortable with the crate. Every step has to be made in a way that won't push the animal to where it's afraid of the crate. Right. So... Neil is really comfortable with the crate where for one of our students finals, a former tiger trainer in order to get an A had to crate Neil without him, you know, freaking out. Um, and we actually were able to crate him and push his crate out of the enclosure of the play yard and like wiggle a little bit and then put him back in, release him, have him go out and then call him again to go in the crate just to make sure that he's okay. And he did perfect. Nice. That's awesome. So it's all about approximations and reading your animal. Very cool. Um, and and is that something that you think that can be taught? Like, are you learning how to read animals here? Is that, that something yeah. you're learning? Okay. Yeah. Um, really knowing your animal and how to read animals just so you don't push them into uncomfortable situations. It's also about building a relationship with the animals that you care on. Because if they trust you, then they're going to go farther than other animals. Right. Are there any animals that you work with that um, you get to be a little more hands-on with than the tigers? Yeah, so our tigers are protected contacts, so there's a barrier between us and them. But most of our animals are free contact. I am in charge of taking care of a donkey. His name is Julian. Nice. And so we're able to pick his hooves. We're able to walk him around the zoo. And he's a particularly tough animal because donkeys are really smart, so they can be stubborn. So you have to really work with him and sometimes he'll try and push you around and just in order to keep a strong relationship and to be able to work with him you just have to keep going with it and you can't give up because if you give up then the animal gets its way and then you would be able to lose out on a lot of training opportunities so basically you're saying the donkey is an ass (laughs) yes sorry had to in relative (laughs) terms yes Um, yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. I'm curious, uh, in your experience doing both protected and free contact, do you find that one or the other makes it easier to build a relationship with animals? Hmm. That is a great question. Why? Thank you. I'm a Um, podcaster. (laughs) For protected contact, you don't like 
you can tell a lot easier if you have a relationship in protected contact because in free contact you can just go straight up to the animal and you don't really get a sense of if the animal wants to hang out at that time. But for protected contact, if an animal is in the back of their enclosure and you happen to walk by and you call their name and they like run up to you like they're all happy, then you're like, wow, I actually have a relationship <laughs> with them. They want to see me. Right. So That's in that aspect, yeah. That's really interesting. I like that perspective. Um, so what is, what's your goal? I would love to work with elephants at okay. some point. Um, so, and I know elephant, the elephant field is a very hard field to go into. You have to work your way up and that's something that I'm willing to do. But elephants have always been my favorite animal, always an animal that I've wanted to work with. Very cool. That's, that's awesome. Um, elephants are one of those animals that I think are, are the most misunderstood in captivity. I think a lot of people have a problem with that that don't have problems with captivity in general. So I think that coming from a place where obviously you're interested in the PR side of things because you're sitting here now, yeah. and, um, and I know that you're getting such a well-rounded education, I think that's really good because elephants need strong voices mm-hmm. right now. Um, so awesome. I hope you can, can turn into one of those. I hope so too. <laughs> um, are there any conservation organizations you'd like to give a shout out to? Um, well, speaking of elephants, of course I have an elephant um, <laughs> conservation group. The Ratiti Elephant Sanctuary in northern Kenya. Uh, they're really awesome. They take in orphaned and abandoned elephant calves, and they help raise them and foster them, and then eventually lend them back into the wild where they can integrate into other elephant herds. And I think that's really awesome because the people that work with these young elephants, their whole lives are elephants. You're there 24 seven and elephants, especially baby ones, they need a lot of attention. And so just those dedicated people, it's really amazing what they do. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, and poop story. Poop story. Well, I have a lot of poop stories. Poop story. <laughs> but I think the one that would get the most reaction would be... So I'm a Carnes lead, just like Charlie and just like Roxy. Uh, and so the tigers were in the, the play yard, the big area that they get to spend part of their day in. And so we got their enclo- their home enclosures all set up, and we had just switched them. And this is one of the few days where it's just pouring outside. We don't get a lot of rain, but... Today was different. Um, so they just switched and they, their enclosures were all clean. And then they decided to poop right when they switched. We were like, you couldn't have done that in the player where we could have cleaned it up easy. <laughs> so there were already puddles forming because of the rain. And I knew that if that, if the piles of poop were to sit there all day, it would just, oh, it would just spread everywhere. <laughs> and this was in the morning. So they were going to sit all there, sit all day. So we have pull rods that we can use to go under the enclosure bars and like scrape the poop towards us to put in a pick bucket. So I grabbed one and there are two piles. I grabbed the first one and it's already semi soaked. This is really gross. Uh, (laughs) It's already semi soaked, but I grab it and I use the tongs and I put in the pick bucket. That's all good. But it forms this little like poop puddle in front of the enclosure. And in order to get the second pile, the pull rod needed to go through that poop puddle and my hands needed to be there in order to scrape the poop. So (laughs) I had to make the decision to be like, do I let that poop stay in there all day or do I just go for it? (laughs) So I submerged my hands in that poop water (laughs) and I scraped the other pile and I cleaned that enclosure because it would have just bugged me all day. But you know, you just, you just spray the poop off real quick and use the, the, just so just spray it off like it didn't happen and go back to cleaning. So 
That's my poop story. Poop story. Nice. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. And so, okay, we've established by now that we're, we're talking to second year students. But, but so who are you? <laughs> uh, my name is Roxy. Um, I am, you know, born and raised in L.A. Uh, I mean, it's interesting how I actually got to Moore Park because it was not my first uh, path. I grew up loving animals. However, I took a different route. Um, I went more into the entertainment field, so like movies and television. I went and got my degree in film and entertainment business. Nice. Did that for a few years. And the only reason I didn't go through the animal way is because, you know, as growing up, you're only taught that you can be a veterinarian. And I have a crazy fear of doctors and needles. And I was like, I can't do that. I love animals, but I just, I can't do that. So I, I did go that path with the entertainment field. Um, it wasn't until actually I went to the San Diego Zoo. I did, I purchased one of those like, you know, VIP oh, behind yeah. the scenes tours where mm-hmm. you can like feed the drafts. The zebra, stuff like that, the flamingos. Hell yeah, you did Animals in Action. I was yes, there a week ago that's doing actually that. The name yes, of I it. know. I love Animals in Action. It's amazing. <laughs> that is actually the name of the tour I took. And um the biggest impact that that had on me was when one of the keepers brought out a cheetah on a leash yes. for a meet and greet. Um and I, I was like I was blown away and I was like, How do I get her job? How do I do this? <laughs> And um, I did, I stayed behind. I I asked some questions, and that's when they referred me to Moore Park College, the Exotic Animal Training and Management Program. And I've never heard of it. And I just live twenty minutes away that's from Moore Park. So, Although with LA traffic, it's probably yeah. slightly more <laughs> like thirty five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I got so incredibly lucky that I lived so close, and I did my research. I looked it up, and I was like, oh my god, I already have the prerequisites done. Like I could just right now apply and hopefully get in and that's what happened i got in and uh, my whole life has changed i mean that's incredible (laughs) and um as a person in the entertainment industry who's who's poking my nose into animal stuff more i can relate (laughs) um what were you trying to do in entertainment and and how did that all go for you um so when i went into the entertainment field i tried my hand in everything i was an assistant director i did the grip work i did lighting i did sound i did like foley artist stuff i did almost everything okay just to like because i wanted to see what would i what interested me the most what did i want to do for the rest of my life right and although i had fun with everything i just felt like i don't know I'm missing something. Why is nothing like really like sticking to me? Why is nothing like really getting my attention like that? And so, yeah, I just, that's how that happened. I went on a trip to San Diego to clear my mind and boom. (laughs) Yeah, San Diego's, you can have that effect on people. Yeah, no, that's so cool though. Um, Yeah, I've been, so I'm I'm staying, I'm I'm gigging here in uh, La Mirada. And um, since it's on the other side of L.A., one thing that I quickly realized is that with traffic, especially on the way home, it's actually quicker for me to go to the San Diego Zoo. Well, not go there, but to get back oh, than wow. it is from the L.A. Zoo, where my hotel is in La Mirada. Oh, my God. And so, like, I love the L.A. Zoo, and I, I went once, but I have been spending so much time in San Diego and Escondido, and it's just... Beautiful. Next level. The animals are amazing. Oh the gosh. humans are amazing. It's all amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that is a heck of a way to, uh, to yeah. be inspired. <laughs> Um, now let's talk about your time here though. So how, how are like the classes going? We're going to ignore the animals for a second. I'm just, I'm still so fascinated by this whole concept of like animal class. 
Um, I actually, I'm, I'm still fascinated at how I'm doing it, how we're all doing it. Um, the classes are so interesting because it's very hands-on. It's, you're in the classroom for some of it. And then some classes you're on the zoo and it's so you're, you're right there, you're in front of the animal. So it's really great for people who are different learners. Cause some people learn great sitting at a desk doing paperwork, but some people do even better when they're seeing it hands-on being done, which I'm, I'm one of those people. I need to see something to learn it. And once I see it one time, I got it right away. (laughs) So it it really, um, it really helps for both, both of those aspects. And it helps for students of all learning aspects to really get that learning and education they need. Yeah, totally (laughs) makes sense. That's really cool. What, uh, tell me about some of the animals you're working with here. You know where we need to start. (laughs) <laughs> you know where we need to start. So. Well, I'm actually also on the tigers, Neil and Karma. <laughs> uh, I was on Delilah, which I showed you, the blue crane. Yes, yes. And that, that's what we need to talk <laughs> yes. about. So um, in in the last episode, we, we shared a story about um, somebody dancing around uh, a blue crane and not getting much of a reaction. And that was you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, and no, I seriously, I want to talk about that, though. Um, what was going through your mind in that moment? Like, I'm I'm seriously curious because to set the stage for people that weren't there, um, there, the Delilah has a behavior that if you start dancing around, um, she will do what is a natural behavior, but that basically looks like dancing. Yes. Maybe, maybe (laughs) maybe she will. And so you started dancing around and I mean, fully circling around and like you were in it to win it. This was like drunk girl at a club at a one thirty who did not know anyone else was there. Um, and, uh, and it didn't take, but you were hoping it would. So like, honestly, like as much as it's fun to joke about, I- I'm really curious what was going through your mind as a trainer in that moment, as you're flying around, knowing people are videotaping you, but also trying to connect with that animal in that moment. Well, she does. She does do it most of the time with her trainers. But sure, I've noticed. No, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because you guys were there and filming. She was just so into like what was happening at the moment. But um, yeah, blue cranes. They do something in the wild where they, you know, they'll jump around, flap their wings, and it's a form of communication. It's called dancing you know, in our terms and human terms. Um, and so I was really trying to get her to show you that, like how we communicate with each other. <laughs> uh, she definitely was not into it. She was more into like what's going on around her, you guys with the cameras. And, you know, she's a star. She she loves when people are pointing a camera at her. Uh, she was also interested in the food on the ground. So she definitely was not caring what I was doing, but I was still trying my best just to get that behavior out of her because even though, you know, she wasn't interested, as long as I'm doing it around her and I'm showing her, hey, like, I'm doing a natural behavior that you do, she looks at me as one of her own and, you know, part of her flock. So it's okay if I just looked goofy doing it. As long as she saw me doing it, she's like, okay, I'll let her, you know, dance around. I'll just do my own thing over here. <laughs> That's awesome. And that means that it wasn't a failure. Oh, it was yeah. a relationship building moment. Oh, 100%. Which is awesome. And um, is going to make for some good social media content. But um, no, but seriously, that's, I think that's really cool and a really great attitude to have. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me about some of your other faves here. Well, um, I am on a beaver. His name is Woody. He is definitely one of my favorite animals I am on just because I've never, I've never seen a beaver ever. Not even when I've gone to other zoos, I've never seen a beaver. Wow, so to okay. be... Yeah training with one and up so close and he's hands-on he's free contact we can go in with him we can take him on walks oh my god oh my god he's he's amazing he's just one big 
big fluffer. I don't know how to describe him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so he's definitely one of my favorites. Um, I also have another one. Her name is Nova. She's a bobcat. Okay. She's very young, actually, a little over one years old. And she has actually, she came to us very young, no training. She knows no behavior. So we literally have to start from from ground up and work our way up from everything from like sits and trying to get her comfortable to go on a scale so we can weigh her and get a good weight on her. She's been a challenge to work with, but she is one of my favorites just because I can see the relationship forming when I'm with her. And that makes, that just makes you very happy as a keeper. You know, when you see your animal start to notice you and start to come up to you and want to work with you. And yeah, makes you feel good. <laughs> That's awesome. And I've noticed that with everyone I've talked to here, either on the pod or just not, um, you all refer to yourselves as keepers. This doesn't feel like school or class when you're in that moment. It, you're, you're doing the thing, right? Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, to be quite honest with you, when I talk to my friends and family about this program, I don't say I'm a student. I say I work here because yeah. we do. The students live and breathe this program. We come here and we love our animals so much. We feed them, clean them. We do all types of enrichment. We spend all day with them. I can tell you, I sit with, with Nova like at least two hours a day just hanging out with her. This is this is not really school. I mean, it doesn't feel like school. It's like my job. Right. That's awesome. And I think that, you know, I mean, you, you get graded at your jobs and stuff too. And yeah. like, I mean, they might not call it that, but you, you do. So, um, no, that's really awesome. I love that. Um, Edom has fostered such, a, an awesome environment like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So we are winding down on time, but I am curious what's next for Roxy. Oh my gosh. I am a huge big cat lover. Oh my God. Tigers, cheetahs, lions, leopards, you name it. I love large cats. So my dream is to work with big cats, um, whether that be in a keeper position or, um, I don't know, outreach programs with smaller cats, anything with big cats. I am for it. I am there. (laughs) Even, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I love free contact. So I would absolutely love that. I know California has its own laws and regulations on that, but if you go more towards the east coast are a little more lenient with that so mm-hmm. uh maybe i might move who knows <laughs> very cool very cool um and then how about a, a, a conservation organization well of course uh big cats uh panthera is a very um well-known conservation um organization that works with big cats in fact they they strive to conservation efforts for over 40 different big cat species in the wild. So snow leopards, tigers, cheetahs, anything you can think of, they're there for those big cats. And they do some phenomenal things. You guys should definitely look them up. It's, again, it's called Panthera. Panthera, I can't speak <laughs> it. There. Good, good, good. Awesome. It's time now, don't you know? We've come to the end of the show. But there's one tale left to go. You're gonna laugh and say, oh no. It's time for the Rossifari poop story. Oh, man. Well, uh, it has to be Woody, the beaver, uh, <laughs> which is an interesting poop story. Poop story. He actually has, um his enclosure has a very big pool that, that he can swim deep down into. I think it's about 15 feet, 16 feet down. And uh, about... He gets it gets cleaned every day, but once every two weeks we do a full pool draining where we drain all the water and we scrub in there, make it all nice and shiny and new, and refill it again. So it was one of those pool draining days. Uh, we're draining the water out, and I'm scrubbing around the pool. And as the pool is draining, I I'm just so into the scrubbing and cleaning that I slip and fall into his pool. Oh. And if you don't know anything about beavers, you know obviously they go 
you know, pee and poop in their pool, but their poop doesn't stay solid. It disintegrates. So there's little tiny poop. You can see the tiny poop spots everywhere, like, (laughs) like just floating around. So I definitely fell into water of poop, beaver poop. And when I got sent to the health center here, they didn't send me home because I was injured. They sent me home because I was covered in that poop (laughs) and they didn't want the other students to get bacteria from me. (laughs) That is amazing. Um, Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me. Well, there you have it, friends. Three interviews with three awesome students who um, I believe by the time this is dropping have just finished their time in the Edom program at uh, America's Teaching Zoo and are now probably desperately scrambling to get some keeping jobs. So uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing where they end up and hearing from them down the road and finding out that uh, they're making a huge impact for animals and conservation in the zookeeping field. You can check out America's Teaching Zoo on social media at America's Teaching Zoo. And if you'd like to check out what the program is, you can go to moorpark.edu slash zoo. Make sure you're back in the feed on Friday for this week's Zoo News episode. And if you haven't hit that little subscribe button yet, go ahead and make sure you do that because uh, there are a lot of cool interviews in the past and in the future on this bad boy. Pretty excited about where Ross Safari is heading, y'all, and I cannot wait to share all of these new exciting things with you. Finally, do not forget that the word credits backwards is Stiderk. The Ross Safari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Vesley-Gross. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Ross Safari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Ross Safari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.